This podcast is brought to you by Zotes Sunflower Seeds, the number one flavored sunflower seeds on the planet. Visit Zotes.com. Now, welcome to the Accidental Experience with Mark Comer. Hi, and welcome to another edition of the Accidental Experience. I'm Mark Comer. Here with Jimmy Boy. Jimmy, how you doing, buddy? Living the dream straight up. Okay, so living the dream, I hear that there's been some street wakeboarding going on in your neck of the woods. Yeah, it's it's rained so much and it is freaking freezing cold. The other day it was under 60, <laughs> and that is not what we signed up for out here. Okay, so here's what's funny. You know, I left to Indonesia. I got, I got to Indonesia last week. Friday, was in Jakarta for a couple days, went to Surabaya, I'll talk about that in a minute, and now I'm in, I'm in Bali, and so since I left, the day after I left, it started to snow in Utah, and in that five or six days, it snowed more, in, it, as far as totals, January totals, in the history of Utah, it happened in the last five days while I've been gone. So, my family's very happy that they get to shovel the walks. And make things happen while I am here. Well, do you have an east? Wait, so your your house faces east? Yes. All right, that's yes. the bad thing. That's what I did with my house out there, so, which so, never again. <laughs> tell me a little bit about uh, the weather pattern in Cali. Well, it's just rain. I guess uh, something, some high velocity weather system moved and that allowed all the El Nino to come in and just dump. So uh, it's dumping out here and then I guess it turns into snow out in uh, your neck of the woods. I mean, that's that's basically <laughs> the gist of it. Are you eating a sandwich? Is that why you want to know weather patterns right now? Or are you really interested in the weather? Yeah, you know, things are good here. It's time to eat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, so he's eating. So anyways, this is how it works. There's a high-pressure system. It comes from the south, uh, the Hawaiian Islands, let's say. <laughs> it pushes up towards, no, I don't know. It's it's wet. It's cold. Um, you know you know me. I don't believe in uh, any global, man-made global warming. But then... Uh, Bill Simmons tweeted out that it's been getting colder for the last three years, so or hotter. So maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. All I know is it's freaking cold, and it looks like it's cold everywhere. It's dumping, and I'll be up uh, on the, let's say, 16th, 17th, 18th-ish in February, and I would really like to get a morning ski session in on Saturday well, while you're going to be in Vegas, but uh, listen, I or was wherever told. you're going to be. I was told that it snowed 54 inches in a day and a half up at Brighton. That's what's going yeah, on up here. That's, it, uh, you, do you, know, you know, there's places in Utah that, you know, there's a snowmobile place called Daniel Summit. It's not super, super high up there, and, and but it's a little bit. There's snow, the snow is so high, it's at the, the roof now, and they can't uh, plow it anymore. So that's what's happening. So I'm here. Today I was at the beach. Uh, you know, it's probably 85 degrees um, and getting calls from home saying that it's really snowing a lot. And I just don't believe them. 
No, uh, if you live on the Earth, whatever your temperature is, it should be the temperature everywhere, or very close. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's, uh, I've been gone for a little, for a few days, kind of out of it. I wasn't able to watch the NFL game, so I look to you, my friend, to, to just give me a little bit of an overview of what happened in the first in the Packers-Falcons game. Well, all these games and all my great insight was for two weeks ago. But uh, I think there's still a lot of emails in the email bag that are going to be talking about a month ago when we did our last pod. But <laughs> it was horrible. You know, this is really the – if you're a football aficionado, as we say in uh, Spanish land, um, that's the day. It's not the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is more uh, commercials and, you know, very rare do you really have any care about who wins the game. But two weeks prior, AFC and NFC championships is the day of football. It's the four best teams, or at least you know, close to that, going at it. And it's usually pretty good games. Those games were done, completely done by the second quarter. Both really? Yeah. And... Um, you know, my big thing, I was all excited on the pod to get it going and telling everyone, if you want to make some money, I told you to make a lot on the betting against the Raiders. Now is the time to take Atlanta because I knew that Atlanta was going to just roll them over. Really? Because, uh, yeah, Atlanta's Atlanta made Seattle's defense look stupid. I mean, just look completely lost and discombobulated. Hmm. And Green Bay then goes in there with a bunch of second and third stringers. It, there was just no chance. So that's going to be leading up to our big analysis. I guess we'll get do that next week uh, on who's going to win and and who and how we think it's going to play out. But I don't see how uh, the Patriots' defense is going to stop Atlanta. Now, but at the same time, not sure how the other guy. I don't. I'm not saying Atlanta's going to win yet, but I'm saying I don't think that either offense is going to be stopped much. But here's what's interesting: you have. Atlanta, that very few people on that team have been to the Super Bowl before, and, right. and that that's that's kind of a big deal. You know, when when guys have been there and they don't get caught up in all the hype and and whatever, I just think uh, you know I think that it'll be interesting to see how Atlanta performs because they got a you know first time quarterback right. Right, and 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 it'll just be interesting. To but see he's been to, he's do. been to three championship games, which there's there's pressure. I know that's not the Super Bowl, but he's been to three of them. What I what you know my rule for BYU Utah football games if you're BYU and you start the game with the ball, three runs and punt. Don't mm-hmm. do anything sexy. If you get a first down, then run it again. Just get out of there with a punt and decent field position. And then start playing from that point. Don't do something stupid like they've done the last two or three or five games. That's what Atlanta needs to do. On their first series, be very conservative. I mean, they can throw the ball. they got a professional quarterback and uh, Julio Jones and Sanu on the other side. But don't get too sassy. Try to get through that first quarter, in fact, within one score. Whether you're down seven or you're down three or you're up, you know, we'll try to be up as much as you can. But don't because at, after that, then you're in the Super Bowl. I don't think 
after the first quarter, you're still blown away by the the big the bigginess. What is it? Bigly the bigliness of the uh, of the game, mm-hmm. as Donald Trump would say. Right. Okay. Well, so it's kind of cool for us Cougar fans. Uh, you know, Kyle Van Noy, very very good college career, gets drafted by the Lions. Nothing much really happens. He gets traded to the um, Patriots this year midseason. And all of a sudden, he's become one of their uh, better defensive players. Everyone's talking about him. He's doing really well. So that that's uh, that's nice. Adds a little bit of a little bit of intrigue for us, right? Right. So does Kyle Vannoy? First off, I didn't even know he played because anytime he sends a tweet, there's someone that's next to him in all those pictures that I care more about. <laughs> but with that being said. <laughs> Um, guessing she didn't go to BYU by the outfits. Anyways, she did. guessing. She, yeah, uh, in other news, um, yeah. Well, I'm kind of just lost right there. Just cheers to Kyle. That's how you do it, by the way, kids. If you're a professional athlete, that's how you do it. Okay. So, so, so when you uh, looking at the game, and we will talk about it more next week. There really, there's some kind of early odds out, but New England obviously has to be the favorite, right? Yeah, and I think I think Vegas has got it one hundred percent right because usually you do three points for home field, and I think you give them three points for the knowledge, the ins and outs of being in you know what would be I think Super Bowl number seven for this quarterback. Mm. Um, but I don't think that they have the talent. In fact, I'm positive they don't have the talent on both sides of the ball that Atlanta does. Atlanta's got uh, you know those two running backs are interchangeable. They've also got a, a fullback, you know, bruiser for the one yard, you know, second ones, third ones, if they want to go there. Julio Jones is just, I mean, did you did you see any highlights by chance? No, I did not. All right. He got a crossing pattern. And you've seen it. It was it was a, It's the typical Jerry Rice crossing pattern. But mm-hmm. instead of where Jerry Rice would then just go straight up the middle of the field, he took it over to the corner where there's a safety. Now, you're a big boy. How big are safeties in the NFL in general? Probably. 6'2", 230, yeah. maybe? 6'2", 220, probably. Yeah, okay, so somewhere in that thing. 6'2", 220, for me, is small because I'm a big dog. But for your average person, he pushed him down like he was 5'4", 105. I mean, just threw – he just took him and just – he almost did the same thing that Juju Smith did to that – idiot uh, player on the on the Utes where he just kind of threw him to the side. Like, why are you even here? You're, mm-hmm. you're useless. Mm-hmm. And it was just an amazing – the catch was amazing. The, 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 the speed was amazing, but the power was just like, oh, my gosh, this guy is so good. And uh, I'm glad he's, he waited to do all this after the season's over yeah. um, so yeah. you didn't get any of the fantasy points. Mm-hmm. But um, the guy's – so he's, he's unbelievable. Sanu is slender, can leap, smart. He's great. Two great running backs, quarterback that's been around the league. This is uh, He's been through three AFC championships, so he's not, you know, I don't think he's going to be just like freaked out by the bigness of the game. And then on the defensive side, you got a lot of fast, speedy guys. And they, you know, they got Freeney. Freeney's been to, what, three Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a little bit of. Uh, of experience, not Super Bowl experience as much, but man for man, I would take if if 
if I could take which team and which coach, I would take the, the Atlanta team, and then I would take, of course, Belichick. Hmm. Well, it'll be it'll be fun. But most exciting, obviously, is the Pro Bowl coming up. We're all very excited oh, about that. Gosh. That's all I think about. <laughs> so, so do it's almost like, like watching a Niner game, though, right? Because there's going to be so many Niners on the team. Yeah. Oh no, for sure. So. So let me ask you: Will you watch the Pro Bowl? Um, yeah, I'm sure I'll tape it, and then I'll watch, and then I'll probably watch the first quarter and the last quarter, and then fast forward through most of it. Um, I I like football. A, I'm addicted to uh, sports. B, and but they're not in Hawaii this year, which is I just love when they're in Hawaii. I think they're in Orlando. Really? Is it me? Maybe the maybe the other bowls in Orlando. Maybe the senior bowls in Orlando. Something's in Orlando. I'll well, find out as we're talking. Talking about the senior bowl, um, Jamal Williams has getting been getting a ton of love, and I know your funny little tweets. But um, six two two twenty. And he's a lot of people are talking about him. Said that he's by far the best running back there. Now, what that means, who knows? But you know, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see. Right now, I think he's projected to be a maybe a fourth or fifth round pick. And well, here's a here's something that he you know who he reminds me of is Lamont Lamont. I keep saying Lamont Murray, Latavius Murray of the Raiders. Hmm. Kind of big, definitely the Eric Dickerson. He kind of. He still runs a little high, as the kids would say. Um, not as high as Eric Dickerson, but he still runs high. He could put his head down. So did Ed when he needed to. Right. But he kind of reminds me of that more of a runner, like a, a like a tall, big runner. He, he actually reminds me of Latavius Murray. Hmm. Uh, Latavius is a free agent, so I'll probably the Raiders across the bay. The Raiders don't want him. I mean. They would love to have him, but they don't want to pay a lot for him because they've got two running backs behind there. And, oh, my gosh, if they could have McCaffrey and make it three, that would be great. Uh, but I think uh, – well, let me ask you this. Latavius Murray is good. He's got an offensive line that's unbelievable, and he'll be, let's say, $6 million. Or you can have a fresh guy out of college, maybe a little injury prone, but it doesn't matter because you have two more running backs in the stable. Um and you could have him for, you know, say a million dollars. Which one are you going to go for? I, I could see him definitely ending up on the Raiders, which would be fabulous. I'd love to root for him hmm. on the Raiders. That would be great. And they have, they do have, like you said, a really good offensive line, and that uh, that definitely helps, man. Yeah. So he's going to do that. But I mean, speaking of the Bay Area, let's talk about your Niners, who just really have it. I mean, they just always got things dialed in, one hundred percent. I don't know how. I don't know what blood pact with the Ouija board they made to where they can get Harbaugh and then get Kelly and now get the number one offensive coordinator. I mean, I thought you'd just watch the the um, Atlanta Falcons just to watch and see what your new coach is doing, Shanahan. <laughs> Junior, I don't like senior. Shanahan Junior has that offense. Uh, they're a top four offense right now in the history of the game, and wow. he's probably all signs point to it. 
99.9% chance going to be your coach. So you, what do you think about that? Well, you obviously like him. You know, and I think the name Shanahan, I, I kind of just think Norv Turner almost, meaning, but but it is a ju- it's junior. I get yeah. that. He's grown up in the game. But he also, like you said, he has one of the top one or two, three wide receivers in the in the NFL. He has a really good experienced quarterback, and he has really good running backs. And, and so that, you know, one thing I've learned – when you have really good players, it's a lot easier to be a good offensive coordinator. <laughs> right. Where I would where I would be excited if I was a San Francisco fan is number one that he didn't go to L.A. because the Rams are stupid and wanted to get somebody that had one good year. Uh, number two, if you look at his, they, they showed his track record. So he went to he, when he was in Cleveland, they had their best offense in the last ten years. Then he went to Washington with uh, RG three and made that team super fun, which I would guess be the closest to what he would hope to do with Kaepernick. And then, uh, of course, the last two years with Atlanta has just been gangbusters. So I think he knows what he's doing. He does have a lot of talent, so you never know. And he's going into a situation with zero talent. But uh, the other good part is um, quarterback ratings came out, and it showed that uh, Kaepernick still had a better year than Alex Smith with that crap team that he had. And basically uh, then it was uh, Mike Lombardi, who's, you know, the aficionado of all of NFL uh, X's and O's. And he said that uh, I think 28 out of the 30 teams, 28, uh, 28 different quarterbacks from the other 30 teams would have won that game against Pittsburgh. And Alex Smith was one of the only two Probably him and uh, Connor Cook were the only two that couldn't beat Pittsburgh. Once again, proving the futility of that quarterback that people are so blind to up in the northern part of where you live. It makes me just laugh. Well, it's amazing. It's amazing that still it just it just goes to show the um, blind loyalty that those fans seem to have. And uh, that's all I can say. You know, that's that's it. Okay, so let's let's change the subject here a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about baseball. Spring training is right around the corner, right? And mm-hmm. there's still some things that are that are happening a little bit. Um, you know, there's been some action with the Giants. Kind of interesting action. You know, they signed. This big Korean star, Jay Yoon Hwang. Okay. Um, that's, we'll see what happens there. Signed Jimmy Rollins. And then just signed catcher Nick Hundley to add a little, you know, to add a little backup to Posey. What do you think about those three signings? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know me, I don't drink. But I was at least just popping champagne and spraying it around the house uh, because it just assured the Dodgers of another fifth straight National League West championship. So uh, a lot of celebrating going on in the Wacom home over uh, those signings. How do you feel about them? Well, I think that Hunley brings a lot of, uh, I mean, obviously experience. It's nice. It'd be nice that Posey doesn't catch as much. I'm I'm not really sure why they signed Rollins. You know? <laughs> um, 
Um, well, because they got him for like 50 bucks because Social Security pays the rest of his check. That's why. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, the, moving on. That's, that's, that's fine. Um, the uh, Korean uh, player is an infielder and, and hits with some power. Uh, shortstop, third baseman. But yeah, those Asian guys always scare me because you, right. they could go either way. Right. He could exactly. he could go in there and just be like Kong, Kang. Is it mm-hmm. Kang or Kong out in uh, Pittsburgh and just be dominant? Mm-hmm. Or he can just struggle to figure out how the game works out here. So uh, that would be the one as a Dodger fan that I'm like, ooh, that's that's intriguing. That's kind of that could that could definitely hurt because your third base has kind of been a black hole since Pablo left. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Well, Duffy had a good year. Duffy had a good year, and then they traded him, and I was a little disappointed. The du- the uh, the clubhouse was very disappointed. Duffy was a very popular guy. We talked about that. That the, it didn't you know, make any sense, sense either. Uh, right, that trade. Right. So, so I guess we'll uh, we'll see. Well, well, listen. Let's do this. I'm on the other side. Well, of the first off, you missed the big thing. Dodgers signed Logan Forsythe, who, uh, according to the Shredder MLB, is a top eight. Um, second baseman, um, and he's also, I think, seven spots ahead of some guy named Panic at the Disco. So um, Dodgers are now short up second base with another all-star, and it looks like uh, it's going to be smooth sailing. Mm. Okay. Well, uh, according to Yahoo Sports, the Dodgers are sick of being bounced in the postseason. After, what? After four straight- We liked it. After four straight years of early October exits, the team isn't willing to wait any longer. And they they proved that by trading pitching prospect Jose de Leon in exchange for Tampa Bay Rays second baseman Logan Forsyth. but, But it goes on to say, on the surface, the move seems puzzling. Why would the Dodgers give up a highly rated pitching prospect who is under team control for a long time for a long time for a thirty-year-old with just two above-average offensive seasons on his resume. Hmm, interesting. Well, you know, it's more interesting the part where uh, Longoria said the Dodgers just got a superstar, and I am not happy with what we're doing out here. And he went on and on about Logan Forsythe being the best clubhouse slash second baseman and then, that he's ever and then played Longoria with. Longoria went on to say that he wishes he could go to the Giants. Isn't that the rest of the article? No, because Longoria is a dirtbag, meaning he's from Long Beach yeah. State area, yeah. which means he hates anything that's no cal. So, um, very excited about Forsythe. Now, here's why you do it if you're the Dodgers. By the way, number one, you got two years of control Forsythe at a tasty. Three or four million a year, not not bad at all. Number two, um, De Leon, who uh, pitched a little bit in the majors last year, uh, unfortunately does not. He would be going back to Albuquerque. So the Dodgers are like, do we want a guy that's not going to be able to play for us for a year or two because we're so deep that we're putting other teams to sleep in our starting pitching, mm. or should we just try to uh, get that second base short up? And so I think they went in and did that. And, uh, you know, everyone wanted the guy on um, uh, Dozier on Minnesota because he hit 45 homers. But Forsyth hit 20, and if you adjust the park rations and all that stuff, uh, their power is the exact same according to some MLB stat that they're showing. Mm-hmm. He's a stud, and uh, happy to have him. Welcome, Mr. Forsyth, to the Los Angeles area. Well, good, good for you. Okay, whatever. Now, 
let's uh, we, we, we have a lot of emails to get through it's it's quite late on this side of the world and we have a uh, just real quick plug our foundation a little bit five star legacy foundation we uh, in Surabaya which is a town in uh, what's called West Java Indonesia uh, just a small town out here you know about 10 million people and uh, we've uh, we've supported an orphanage there helped support an orphanage there for about eight years and so this is an orphanage that started with a married couple couldn't have kids a kid a lot of street kids living there they took a kid in off the streets about eight years old this first year one year later they had uh, 19 kids there the next year they had uh, 75 kids and now they have 120 kids that they have taken off the street really awesome couple so we went uh, bought four new computers a uh, bunch of equipment um, to finish their computer lab and then a library uh, stocked it with a lot of books I had you know Mr. Um, Superfly and Mr. Underdogs were down here with uh, with their kids and and uh, were a great help and we had a, had a lot of fun and, and did a lot of good things and so then uh, today we visited an orphanage here in Bali did uh, brought a lot of things to them and tomorrow we go to an elementary school where we have purchased and it's been installed a 1100 liter water tank for this elementary school up in the mountains these kids uh, you know this sounds like one of those stories grandpa would say but they on average walk two miles to and from school. They live all throughout this uh, mountainous region. And so uh, we're going to go up there in the morning. So that's what's kind of going on here. And, you know. So what's what? So when you're going to these, are these safe? Or are they like in like Sudan where, you know, the rebels come by and take kids constantly and it's all crazy? No, they're, they're safe. You know, Indonesia is actually, for the most part, you know, it's 17,000 islands, 200 plus million people the largest Muslim uh, country in the world. But they're not the uh, Iraq, Iran Radicalized. type Muslim. Yeah, they're, they're not. They're more Western Islam is what they're called. And so um, they actually, they like America. They're, they're really nice people. And these, these places we go visit, they treat us very, very well. They're very grateful, very humble people. And it's, it's actually, it's always a very humbling experience, you know, these kids uh, that are very grateful for the time that we go and spend with them, and and it's a lot of fun. In Jakarta, we went to the largest uh, mosque uh, in Southeast Asia, where they have, like, when they, they have special days throughout the year, and they'll have over two million people at this mosque, inside all the different levels, and outside and around it. It's uh, It's pretty crazy, but... But it's uh, you know these they're it's it's pretty safe. It's just these kids don't have a lot of opportunity, and so what we try to do with Five Star Legacy is give them uh, kind of help support their education and and kind of their educational needs and and uh, you know it's been it's been good. We work with some really good Indonesians uh, and travel with us and make sure that we're not turning down the wrong roads or anything and and it's all good. Good work. Yeah. So let's uh, let's pop into the email bag, the famous email bag. Famous email mm-hmm. bag, pop it. So we got ones from way back, but a lot of them are just coaching stuff, anyways, that you can comment on. All right, first one is all the way back from this is the Dallas game. What kind of play calling was that in the second half for the Dallas Cowboys? How are you supposed to have second and ten if you keep running the ball on first down? 
Sincerely, Steve Sarkeesian. All right, so the big joke out here in the first half was, oh, that's cool, they're letting Sarkeesian uh, coach the Cowboys in the first half of the Green Bay game, where they just kept throwing, and they were playing nickel defense, which means you're, you've got an extra uh, got an extra cornerback or some sort of safety or whatever, uh, instead of the linebacker, correct? Am I right on my nickel defense? Uh-huh. Uh, uh, and so what that does is it makes it easier to run if you can run. And when you got a guy named Ezekiel Elliott that seems to carry the ball for eight yards every time, um, but they got so nervous when they took that early lead that they just kept started throwing the ball and then it got them into more trouble. And, of course, they lost. Guessing that you were excited about that loss, uh, thoughts on the vaunted uh, Dallas Cowboys versus Green Bay Packers? Oh, extremely excited. Are you kidding me? That... Uh... That was very, uh, just seeing the score, very, very excited, and um, didn't, wasn't there to really enjoy it, but still. Right, now, do you, now do, you, do you, I know in general with me, you know, you know that I'm so fragile that I'll just kill myself if you say anything too hardcore. Do you send nice little messages to, like, Teddy, because he seems like he's a little more in your face at times, or... Uh, or any other cowboy fans, or do you just keep it low pro? Well, Ted is definitely more in your face when it comes to the, you know, uh, the Cowboys uh, during the season. He's a very confident man, believes that they're going to win the <laughs> win the Super Bowl every year. And so this year, I just saw a picture of a guy who um, had a tattoo, got tattooed last week. Super Bowl Fifty One is that what it is? L I. Yeah, Super Bowl Fifty One champions, and it had the Dallas Cowboys star. And so I just <laughs> sent that. Now I sent that about three days after the game got over, because we know that that rule. And then yeah. I just said, "Dude, did you get one of these?" <laughs> so, so that's all. Well, I've got a guy. I've got a guy in my warehouse. He's one of my machinists, and um, he's got a tattoo that says Dallas Cowboys, and he has a star for every. Super Bowl, and I said, "Good news, you don't have to pay for a tattoo." So I think everybody won because you would have to add another star. Um, here's one. Wait, you didn't watch the Dallas game? Uh-uh. All right. The next one was a great call, Dallas, on rushing three on Rogers' final pass. Sincerely, every idiotic defensive coach ever. All right. Here's something that it seems like if a coach had a brain whatsoever. And this also happened last week. Okay, I'll just I'll just show you what what went down, and then you can figure this out for yourself. So, did you see Rogers' pass? Did you hear about Rogers' pass to set up the field goal to to win the game? Oh yeah. Okay. On that pass, they rushed three, and then a linebacker came late, but it, he had to take on a offensive lineman on the left side. So he had all time, all day. And then what that does is it lets guys run plays or at least know that they're going to run outs or he's going to run to the left and try to hit one of – there's three diff- there, all, there are three guys running the exact same route if you watch it. One short, one middle, and one deep, end zone style. And he just went and picked which one he threw to. And all they would have to do is throw a, another guy like we talked about, send a blitz. Uh, but here's the other thing that they could have done if they were smart. Dow- uh uh, Green Bay was at their 35-ish, right? The 30 to 35. If Dallas just holds, if their cornerbacks just sit and pull down the receivers, uh-huh. they take away five seconds, and now 
there's two seconds left, and they have to do a Hail Mary from the 40, which, of course, they could complete, but definitely a lot harder for a Hail Mary than just to, grip, to get 35 yards to, de- to defend against. Right. But they didn't do that. Okay, so now we fast forward to last week. Dallas, or I'm sorry, Atlanta now has got the ball. It's first and goal from the five with seven or eight seconds left. And what happens? They run a, a play to Julio Jones, and he scores. All Green Bay had to do was just pull Julio. Like All their defense had to do was pull their guys down. It would have taken three seconds, and now you would have said to Atlanta, all right, now it's first and goal from the three with three seconds left in the first half. Do you want the three points, or do you want to try to run a play, and if it goes incomplete, uh, you know, you, you come away with nothing? And in most cases, they would go and kick the field goal. Right. Why are coaches so dumb? Why don't they just have that already programmed in, programmed in their brain that they just hold the person? It's going to run clock off because they don't go back. They don't. They don't back it up to where the where the play was, unless it's the, the last play of the game. They don't. They don't. You don't get those seconds back on a holding call. Right. So as a coach, do you? Are you going in so – are you so in the moment that you don't think about stuff like that? Or is it just where they think it's, oh, that's just a Bush League way right, to play? Or right. wh- wh- why wouldn't they do that? Because that, that saves you four points automatically because no one's going to try to go for it in the first half and not just take the three points. I think it's almost like they think it's just unconventional. For how many years after the three-point line would coaches not foul um, – you know, when they were down by when they were up by three or 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 you, you yeah, know, by I mean? three was like six seconds yeah. left. They yeah. would let them shoot it. Right. Right. So I think maybe that's what it is. You know, maybe, you know, maybe that's just but but I don't get it either. I would sure think that they But aren't we past that. Like, don't isn't yeah. everything about winning stats and, and what's the best way to win? Yeah, I would think so. OK. All right. Well, if you would have watched it, it would have made a lot more sense. All right. Here's one. Um, no, this is all these things are from last week. Hold on. Here's one. Oh, guys, so impressed with the way Jason Garrett didn't run Zeke Elliott at all and saved him so he will be fresh for the offseason and next year. You can never be too careful about resting your players in an elimination game. Sincerely, Buck Showalter. So they weren't so, they weren't running him, huh? No, because they had to keep him fresh for this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. So he yeah. can play really well in the, this game. Um, oh, <laughs> here's one. I don't know. You know, just pretend you understand what these are about. Hey, guys, I'm a free man. Thanks, Obama. Hey, maybe. Uh, oh, hey, be, hey, maybe now you can pardon our bullpen from the arson they committed last year. Sincerely, Willie McCovey. Okay. <laughs> Well, they've been pardoned you know, by Willie sending uh, the Washington D.C.'s own Melicone. Yeah, well, we'll see if that that was the pardon. But Willie McCovey, tax evasion, nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, no, it wasn't tax evasion. Do you really want to figure out what happened? No, I don't. I want to move on. Okay, um, it wasn't. But tax as evasion. far as this is concerned, he's a tax evader. Okay, here's one. This is a great one. Hey, guys, speaking of Pudge Rodriguez and and Hall of Famers, remember when he tagged out J.T. Snow at home in 2003 and the wild card Marlins beat the Giants in the playoffs? 
Yeah, that was fun. Sincerely, Florida Marlins fans and Jimmy Boy. Huh. Mm. Do you remember that game, 2003? Mm. Yeah, thanks. J.T. Snow at the no, plate? Yeah, I remember, 100%. I was watching yeah, he got tagged at the plate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I remember. Yeah, okay. And then you guys lost. <laughs> oh, really? You want to relive that for me again? <laughs> All right, next. Did it just... Oh. Oh, okay. Did it just start snowing at the inauguration? Oh, wait. Being told that that's the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Sincerely, the Democratic Black Caucus. Okay. Right, here's another one. Uh, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir was my inspiration for my all-white basketball shoes. Sincerely, Steph Curry. Okay. All right. Here's hey, another one. The Mormon Tabernacle uh, Choir is not all-white, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, there was one black guy, and that was it. There's a couple I, Polynesian I was, I was gals like, also, okay? <laughs> That's, That's white. Funny. All right. I would like to thank the New England Patriots mascot for letting me borrow his jacket for the inauguration. Good luck in the playoffs. Sincerely, Kellyanne Conway. Don't know if you saw that. Probably not. Um, all right, this one you'll like. See, I'm equal opportunity, so you can mm -hmm. suck it. Yeah, this okay. next one. Dodger fans, get excited for this trade for Logan Forsythe. Trust me, you never get burned trading a pitching prospect for a good second baseman. Sincerely, Delino DeShields and Pedro Martinez. Okay, good. That that was painful even writing that. I almost yeah, cried three I'm times. Sure. I'm sure. All right. And then I got some other things we can talk about next week um, because you got to go to bed and I got to go to work. Well, you, you, this has been nice because you gave me a very good overview of what's been happening, uh, you know, over the last week. I will be home Monday and getting ready for the Super Bowl party and then getting ready for Jimmy Boy in February to, uh, to, uh, yeah, it's going down. Yeah, it is. It is for sure. So, Jimmy, and when you get there, can we actually, when I show up at the Casa, at the, at the Wakeham Wing, that better, that, uh, the rest of the speakers and mics and everything else better be in. Yep, I think it's time. I think so. And DC is making it happen, and so so we're going to make that happen. Yeah, I got some. I got some crystal. And we, oh yeah, I'm sure you do. So I'm going to break it. We appreciate DC setting up the uh, the pod today. We appreciate Zotes Zotes.com as usual as our sponsor. And uh, from what I hear, we might be adding a couple of new sponsors here before too long. So. Uh, Jimmy Boy, you know, I hope you like, um, uh, let's see, no, I have nothing. So anyway, I, I, you know, but, uh, but have a good time in, in SoCal in the freezing sub-60 degree weather, and, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, buddy? All right, brother. Until, and until then, for everyone else, we'll catch you on the flip side. Indonesia.